<clears throat> Were you um, uh, clapping for Joe there or clapping for me? <laughs> for Joe. <laughs> anyway, um, lo- lovely to uh, see you. And uh, even though there's so many of us away this weekend, there seem to be quite a lot of you. So I'm slightly nervous. Um, anyway, um, okay. So I just want to ask you some questions. 15 questions. Right. First one. Would anybody like any of these things? Number one, anybody like a greater sense of self-esteem in their life? Would anybody like a bit more self-confidence in any area of your life? Um, would anybody appreciate a little bit more optimism about life, about my prospects, your prospects, your future? Would anybody care for a bit more physical health? in certain areas, or improved mental health. So, for example, more able to keep your head in difficult situations and to be able to handle stress. Hmm, I know. Um, (laughs) Would you like to be able to not react in such a retaliatory way or respond aggressively when things don't go your way? Perhaps, a bit. Would you like to be a little bit less jealous or envious of people that appear to have more? That would be a good one for me. Uh, would you like to be more at peace about your life and circumstances? Would you, ha- would you care for an improved ability to make friends and even and keep friends? Would you care to be better at your job, Perhaps better able to get a job, better able to keep a job that you want? Would you like to find it easier to be able to relax after a day's work or whatever you're doing, just to relax? Would you care for any... Okay, sleep. Would you like to be a bit happier? Okay. Is there anybody in this room at all, any interest at all in any... (laughs) (laughs) let's all jump up high, yeah. Yeah, well, the great thing is this morning, I I want to tell you how to get it. Anybody interested? You're all listening. You know, it's funny because I I, I just happened to come across a a talk about how to give speeches on the internet uh, the other other week. It just popped up and I thought, obviously somebody's telling me something here. And... uh, uh, and, and it said, you know, what, what not to do and what to do. And, and, and this is one of the best things that you can do. Tell people what they can get out of it. <laughs> and they're all, all listening, you know. But this is genuine. This is true. Uh, and uh, because modern research, this is nothing to do about Christianity or religious things or anything like that. But modern research from different independent quarters, scientific research, has shown that the topic that I just want to share a little bit with you this morning produces all these effects in one's life. Would you like to know what it is? Well, I'll keep you guessing just for a bit longer. But let's just read uh, Psalm 100. Uh, it may be the first thing up on the screen if it comes up. If uh, Great, okay. I'd like to read it with me, okay? It's over. So this is Psalm 100. Would you like to just read it with me? Would you like to read it with me? Okay, it's there. Okay. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. 
It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Next one. Next slide. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So I want to show you what it is. That's it. But actually, that's it. I was really surprised a couple of, two or three weeks ago when I started looking into this whole thing about thankfulness, how effective it is in life. And it's something that God tells us to do. Why is that? I think being grateful, being thankful, causes us to focus on what we have rather than what we don't have. So we begin to coin a, actually, we're better off than maybe we thought. To coin a Christian term, we may even feel blessed. And this results in a feeling of well-being and contentment. But anyway, uh, just an interesting statistic from the many statistics that I sort of uncovered was that people who have experienced severe and life-changing trauma, for example, Vietnam veterans from the Vietnam War or 9-11 atrocities, people who'd had a leg blown off or lost a close relative or some other terrible thing happened to them. The research showed that those individuals who maintained an attitude of thankfulness, well, I've had one blown leg off, but at least I've got the other one left, and I'm grateful for it, you know, that, that sort of thing. Those people universally were the ones who were able, were able to recover. And this has nothing to do with the church, really, at the moment. I'm getting to that in a, in a, in a tick. But isn't that interesting? I just want to say what, what gratitude or thankfulness is not and then what it is. Gratitude, I don't mean flattery. I don't mean exaggerated false appreciation. It's not being, how about this? It's not being a sycophantic or obsequious. Like me, I know what it means. It means, of course, you all know what that is. For a commoner like me, I know what it means. It means to be a creep. And uh, so, you know, sort of creeping around someone saying, so thank you so much, because you're trying to get something out of them. Don't mean that. It doesn't mean being indebted. In other words, you need to repay this. You know, oh, I owe you one then. Or you owe me one. It just doesn't mean that. It's just a kindness done that has no strings attached. And you know what? That's what God's like. He is genuinely good. He's gold all the way through. He's absolutely, totally righteous and perfect. But I tell you what, he's just, he's just pure and straight down the line. And what he says is right. And what he says something else is right. And it's just gratitude, a sincere acknowledgement, actually, of a kindness done to me, which we usually... Sincere acknowledgement of a kindness done, which is usually 
express by saying thank you. So that's one. Okay, now the reason that we're going down this route is that we're, we're actually starting just a small new series entitled Entering In. Uh, we're kind of, there are two entering in points in a year, I find. There's January the 1st, New Year, and then when all the kids go back to school. Kind of like entering in again. And we, we started this fabulous Bible, Bible course uh, and uh, we, we're just entering in again and, and we kind of feel that there's uh, an invitation from the Lord to each person to enter fully in to what God has for us and for you. And so don't stay on the fringes. So they say, well, I'll see how it goes and if, I, if, it, if it appeals to me, I'll go in, uh, get more involved. If not, I'll stay out. The invitation is, don't do that. Come in. Come in. It's raining out there. There's a lot of mess out there. But come in to the purpose of God for your life. Enter in. So three-part series on that, starting today. First one being thanksgiving. I will enter his gates, says the psalmist, with thanksgiving in my heart. That's the first, as I've said, tells us to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a stand back and have a look moment. Just want to pause and just think, right, okay, so if, if this is all the case, and if God commands us to be thankful, I just want to make a couple of points. First point is that if he commands us to do something and it's good for us. What does that tell you and me? So I want to tell you, it tells us that God is for us, not against us. He's for you. He's for your life. He's for your success. He's for you because he loves you. He's for you and your well-being. The second thing is following the Lord and doing what he tells us to do is the best thing you can possibly do. And so that's when we talk about entering in. That's the best thing you can possibly do because God has your interest totally at heart. want to just uh, point out some uh, aspects of thankfulness then. And then when I finish doing that, I want to uh, pray for us uh, along these lines. So one of the best ways to be able to appreciate the benefit of anything, unthankful indeed. And so... Um, what does that lead us to? And we get a, a very interesting insight in the first chapter of Romans, chapter, chapter 1, starting at verse 21. It's up there. Um, Paul writes about the uh, fall of man, the destruction, self-destruction of human beings because of folly and sin. And, and it says, For although people knew God, they neither glorified God Secondly, neither did they give him thanks. And so not glorifying, not praising him, not realizing, knowing who he is, not, not declaring who he is, and not giving him thanks led to those things. Foolishness, the futility of life, darkness, self-destruction, death. And then um, along these lines uh, as well, a word associated with unthankfulness is being critical. 
But I don't just mean being critical. There's nothing wrong necessarily with being critical. But if criticalness becomes and pessimism and cynicism and just all the time you're having a go at people, at life, everybody else is wrong, I'm right, they're wrong, and you have a habit and it's just part of who you are, then that might be something that you might want to adjust. As some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. And in fact, excessive criticism, grumbling, moaning, complaining, and that an attitude of life that is like a cloak you wear like that, you're inviting a destroying force in your life. So I just throw that out. I just need you to know this. I just want you to know what the Bible says. It's up to you what you do with it. <laughs> but I just let's just move more positively now and, and just say about... Um, thankfulness. The great news is that if you become a, when you become a Christian, it begins to come naturally. Next slide, please. Thank you. It becomes naturally. In fact, it's, it's something, it's an overflow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Look at what this says. It says, therefore, writes Paul, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which just leads to debauchery. <clears throat> Instead, be filled with the Spirit, Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always giving thanks. At the end of it, it just tumbles out, you see. Just thankfulness just comes out. Have you ever tried to sing and make music with your heart to the Lord and be hypercritical and complaining and moaning and groaning about your life? Singing and thanking God can't exist together. You can't possibly be praising and singing and thanking God if you have an attitude, a spirit of hypercriticism and negativism about things. Remember the Vietnam veterans who maintained a positive attitude, who maintained a sense of thankfulness despite whatever happened. But anyway, so it comes naturally. It's a natural overflow of the Holy Spirit. The next thing is that... Uh, it helps or the what's the next slide what did I put thank you makes it's great this I don't need me notes I can just look at this it's great <laughs> it makes all the prayer effective Paul writes in Philippians 4 and verse 6 don't be anxious now how about this for a, for a verse I don't know what you're facing tomorrow or even today but what about this verse don't be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition petition means to ask God for things by prayer and asking God for things with thanksgiving present your request to God and so it's kind of like the oil that lubricates the machine that makes it work and uh, when we thank God it's almost as if our prayers become effective and valid before God thank you next one Telling me to move on, right. Uh, triggers, <laughs> triggers the supernatural power of God in your life, in my life. Now, there are a couple of occasions just to mention here. Um, when Jesus was faced with a crowd of 5,000 plus people uh, and all he had was five small barley loaves and two small fish, he was going to work a miracle of production and before he did that he offered up to God the Father and he said 
I thank you, Father. I thank you. And immediately following that, the miracle was taking place and everybody was fed. On another occasion in John 11, Jesus' friend Lazarus had died and was dead and been buried four days. And he goes to the tomb and he made them take the stone away. And he stood in front of the tomb and he called out in a loud voice, you know what? But before he said that, which I'll tell you in case you didn't know, before that he said, I thank you, Father, that you heard me and that you always hear me. And then he said, Lazarus, come out. And he did. <laughs> Missed the fact of a miracle. And sometimes we miss the fact that the miraculous, we've been talking all this year about miracles, and the miraculous, one of the prompts, one of the things, is thanksgiving. It's so simple, isn't it? So simple. Can all these benefits come from just such a simple thing? But yet, Christianity is simple. It is so simple. And the last thing is, so you can do the last slide there. Ah, thank you. Talking about entering in to all that God has for us. Thankfulness enables us to fully enter in to all that God has for you. See, there are people in this room of all different stages in life. Some of you are only so far into Christianity, you're holding back. You've not really given your life into this. I don't mean the church. I mean into God, in, into everything that God has for you. And we're all at different stages. But what I'm saying is you need to commit. Give your life to the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Just do it. It's the best thing you can do in all areas of your life. But there were 10 lepers and they came to Jesus with their leprosy. And Jesus healed each one in the story in the Gospel of Luke to go and, and he said now go to the priest because that was their right their religious right to go and show themselves to the priest and he would declare them clean from their leprosy and they all went off but only one actually came back to say thank you and the one that came back to say thank you, Jesus I just want to say thank you so much I'm now free of this this is a terrible disease and Jesus said, probably said, well, you're welcome, but <laughs> I don't know if it did, but that's just me. And uh, he said, but was it only one of you that returned? Were there not nine others? And only one returned to say thank you. And he says, listen, you go. Your faith has healed you. And that word in the Greek is the word sodzo, and it doesn't just mean physical healing. It means healing of your spirit, your soul, every aspect of your life including eternity and so he's basically saying you're completely whole saved now and forever and what was the trigger to the faith thankfulness he was thankful he bothered to say thank you and so may God help us to be thankful and uh, what I'd just like to do, could we play that clip? I've just got a little clip to show us, and then I'm going to conclude. It's three minutes long. Well, I had I, 12 years of research, um, 11,000 pieces of data. I, ha I did not interview in all that time a person who would describe themselves as joyful 
are described their lives as joyous, who did not actively practice gratitude. Um, and for me, it was very counterintuitive because I kind of went into the research thinking that the relationship between joy and gratitude was, if you're joyful, then you should be grateful. But it wasn't that way at all. It was really that practicing gratitude invites joy into our lives. And when I say practice, I think this is, this is the part that really changed my life. It changed my family and the way we live every day. When I say practice gratitude, I don't mean kind of like the attitude of gratitude or feeling grateful. I mean practicing gratitude. These folks shared in common a tangible gratitude practice. They either kept gratitude journals. Um, some of them did interesting things like at 1, 2, 3, 4, like at 12, 34 every day. They said something out loud that they were grateful for. They, um, one of the things that we do, like we say grace at dinner. And so now after grace, we go around and everyone in my family says something they're grateful for. I mean, and what's interesting is when we first started, I have um, a first grader, a first grade son, Charlie, and eighth grade daughter, Alan. And at first I thought, and we've been doing it for a couple of years now, like they're going to like, oh God, mom. But now it's a little like, this is, you know, are you experimenting on us? <laughs> there was a little bit of that. But now what's interesting, even after we did it for like a couple of weeks, that on those crazy busy nights where we're trying to like get to soccer and piano and homework and Steve and I are just like, we say a quick prayer and we start eating and my kids are like, whoa, what are you grateful for? And it's been extraordinary because not only absolutely does it invite more joy into our house, um, it also is such a soulful window into what's going on in my kids' lives. You know, so there are some days where my eighth grader will be like, I'm joyful that there's a huge, thick wall between my room and my brother's room. You know, something just very, you know, honest. But there are other days she'll say, you know, she had a friend whose mother recently died. Um, and she said, you know, for a month she would say, I'm just so grateful that y'all are healthy right now. You know, and so not only did it make us all more aware of what we had and more willing to slow down and really be thankful for the joyful moments we had, but it let me know where she was emotionally in her life. You know, and my son is, is always, you know, I'm grateful for bugs, I'm grateful for frogs, but sometimes he'll say, you know, I'm grateful that you picked me up early, or, you know, I'm grateful that I finally understand adjectives, <laughs> you know? So it's, there's a great quote, um, it's joyful, and that says, it's not, it's not joy that makes us grateful, it's gratitude that makes us joyful. And um, it's by a Jesuit brother, a Jesuit priest. And I guess I was just amazed to find that bubble up so strongly in the research. It's life-changing. It's good stuff we talk about here, you know. Um, I just want to, uh, just before I pray, just give us some pointers how perhaps we may be able to make an adjustment if necessary maybe don't need to make an adjustment. But the first thing I want to say is, have a look at yourself now, be honest, don't tell anybody, don't tell me, don't tell anybody, but just think inside and say, do you have a bit of a tendency to be critical, fault-finding, a moaner, generally in your life? Right? Don't, don't, and don't look around at the person next to you. Don't look. Right? Liz has already told me I'm a grouchy old man. Now so, you know, I know, I know. But do you? And, I'll, and I'd say to you, Lovingly, you know, do you need to just alter that? Is there a new approach you can have in your life? Same thing is, you know, or are you just not in the habit of being thankful? Never really thought about this. 
never really thought where it says, be joyful, always pray, give thanks in all circumstances. I never really thought about being thankful just every day. And the next thing is, you may be in disgrace, in all honesty, where you say, well, really, everything is going wrong in my life. You couldn't describe the awful things that I'm facing. And we all have those times even. And if that's you, that psalm we read out gives us an answer because there are three unchanging reasons why you can always give thanks to God. Number one, the Lord is good. Number two, his love endures forever. Number three, his faithfulness continues through all generations. So look, you can look at that and you can say, well, look, all this is happening, but I can still say God is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness endures for all generations. You can start somewhere. You could even every day make a habit. I'm going to be thankful God for what I have got. And if this research is a, a right, I don't know if that lady, it sounds like she was a Christian, but this was from a, a CNN site. I mean, you know, it's, but there's a church turnaround that can take place in your life. And then I'll just say, finally, receive the Holy Spirit. So could the worship team just come back, please? And I would love to pray. And then we may well be praying, praying, singing a song of thanks to God. But what about an attitude of gratitude just being thankful, triggers the miraculous. It enables our prayers to be effective. So Heavenly Father, we give you praise to us. Lord, you are good and you do good things for us, to us, on our behalf. You have our best interests at heart, Lord. And even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death at times, difficult times, oh God, thank you so much that, they, that you are there for us, Lord. And I just pray for each of us here this morning that, Lord, help us to not exaggerate thankfulness, not be unreal, but just say, well, I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm just so grateful for what I do have. And as Lawrence Neeson, amen. And as Lawrence Neeson said, I thought it was such a great quote a few months earlier. He said, life's not about getting what you want. It's about making the most of what you got. It's kind of along those lines, isn't it? But anyway, what I just love is if we, just before the band plays, if we can just think a minute of things that we're thankful for. So I'll give you 15 seconds. I shouldn't take longer than that. To think about just things that you're thankful for. And then let's just start to thank God for those things. Could I invite us, if you're up for it, to stand? As we're just thinking of things that you are grateful for in your life seven seconds left thankful to just where you are speak out to God this morning I am thankful for